Welcome to our podcast from Panama City Beach, Florida. The sunshine and sea air. Took a hell of a lot of driving to get here. It did. But it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I mean, the first day being in the being in the car for 12 hours, 12 plus hours, I thought they would drag on, but they really didn't. It, it wasn't too bad, man. I don't know what it is. Like, the driver's seat's definitely more comfortable in the Nissan Altima that we got, but it's... It wears into you more than the back seat does. Like I can sit in the back seat for a longer period of time and not notice than the front seat when you it just drag it starts pushing into like your leg in a weird position and you start playing with the lumbar support trying to fix it. And it yeah, I did that a few times. Yeah, I mean, thank God for power seats. I've never had a car with them, but it doesn't fix all your problems. No, <sighs> although nice car to go with. Uh, good, good on the gas. I think we stopped. What three Phillips? Three times. Yeah. So that's really not that bad. No. Nah. On the way back would probably be another two at least. Depends yeah, on what we do. We need to fill up from all the stuff we've been doing down here driving around. We're still at half a tank though. Yeah. Still pretty, at half a tank. Pretty good. The the guy that uh, we met up with this older guy today and who's uh he was in the same pool as we were. He was in he was there with his wife, but he started talking about how he's been all over the place. They've only on been his, married for fourteen years. Only for Did fourteen you catch years. That? Yeah. And he, he looks like he's probably in his 70s or yeah, something. Yeah, I know. I think you and I both looked at his wife yeah. when he said that. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's been all over the place on his motorcycle. Yeah. Saying he's driving like over 700 miles a day on a motorcycle. And the worst thing is the wind, which would be. I believe it, yeah. You don't want to do that in the wintertime if you're going to be traveling up to Canada like he said he was. That's my favorite thing. When people not from around where you are start telling you about the things that are right beyond right your doorstep. in your neighborhood. The Start, Butterfly Conservatory. Yeah, she asked us, asked us if we ever, ever been there. Have you been there for fun? Yeah, well, I, I've been there with uh, a school trip before, yeah. It's a nice place. Very nice place. I thought it was funny how they, they kept saying how much better the Canadian side of the falls is than theirs. What Which, is? It, for all the things like Clifton Hill and everything, yeah. But, but, the, but the actual view of the falls isn't too bad from the States. I, I didn't mind it. I like our view better. I, I would agree, but... But really, why not? Why do one? You could just do both by crossing the border. And That's true. It's like less than a, a day trip required. It's not too bad. You know, they, uh, I don't know where, I wonder where the Mall of America is. That would, that would have been something to check, but they, they liked Probably our mall, too. Probably the middle of America where there's nothing better to do than go to a mall, I would imagine. Amer- Probably. Americans are really stereotyped for liking their malls. That's that's a thing. So. I can't really think of the names of any of their malls anymore. Maybe the, maybe if I was a, like five years older than I was, and I don't know, it was just a, a different time when you would go hang with friends at the mall and stuff like that. I, I kind of, I would go with my friends, but usually it would be like a parent would take us because it's not within walking distance, and it was it was a bit different thing where I grew up. When I was growing up, there were people that I went to school with that hung out with or at the mall. And when you drive by the Tilsonburg Mall today, it's the same people hanging out in front of the mall. Uh, and they look like they should be hanging out in front of a mall. I did not necessarily graduate with the highest of, of classmates. Well, they were probably <laughs> the highest of classmates, but not in the best way. I don't, I don't know if there's a specific social st- strata that hangs out at the mall more than other people. It's, clearly, it's people that are looking to be more, a bit more outgoing and... Uh, to see people in this collective area that's uh, an area for business and shopping and probably showing off the They're things that you purchased. Though. I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, it would depend on the person, but all the people that I went to school with that still hang out in front of the mall 10 years after we've been through high school, 
They're not showing off the latest things they bought. No. They're drinking coffee and watching people shop. Yeah. And not contributing well, to society. You know, that is better than Innisfil loiterers because what we do in Innisfil is you, you buy, drive in there with your truck, pull down your tailgate, go in and get your Timmies, come out and sit on a lawn chair and, and probably smoke a joint or something. And that's, but that sounds nice. Wow. <laughs> it's very <coughs> country Canada anyways. Because then there really is nothing better to do. To do there is no mall in Nisville, although there might as well be. I mean, they got a Starbucks now, so they're growing well, that's, pretty quick. That's moving on up. Yeah, back back when I moved there, there was there was a Sobeys and the beer store and a couple other like video video rental shops and a Tim Hortons. That was it. Now they got all sorts of grocery stores and Canadian Tire and Starbucks and everything everything you'd want for for city people that are moving there yeah it's amazing all it takes is one or two shops for people to be like well you know what they have a starbucks yep bet you they wouldn't mind this that and the other <laughs> it, mm. it makes the real estate prices skyrocket which i don't even understand if city people would come to live where we are now because it was people would the, the big sells okay you're in the country it's nice and you get all the benefits but it's only you know 40 minute drive to to your job over in toronto or vaughn or where, wherever you work but but now, since I've moved, you could go there probably for like three hundred fifty thousand, get a, a small subdivision home. Now, eight hundred thousand is a lot of a lot of the homes out there. And, and that's anything why newer. they're all moving to Niagara. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I know that there's a lot of investors, real estate investors, that are buying places out in Niagara region. But I don't know if people are fleeing the GTA to commute from Niagara necessarily. Nobody's told me that yet. At least not, not any of the home buyers in the the homes that I'm building. I mean, the the drive from St. Catharines to Toronto, I wouldn't want to do it every day. No. But it's not a bad drive if you have to. Niagara's but, nice. Well, I, I feel like the upper limit for a lot of people might be like an hour commute. Niagara, that's you're pushing an hour, 20 minutes, hour and a half, depending on traffic, to get yeah. to downtown Toronto. It's but that's, a, that's why uh, Grimsby's going up, because you're shaving off 20, 25 minutes. I can, I can see Grimsby. And Grimsby's you, you cut out a the condos. busy part of the highway by doing Grimsby. Yeah. Yeah. And you still get a nice sized country lot. Stony Creek. Yeah. Even. Still nice. And that's good because you have shaved off 30 minutes from your drive. And if you like to gamble, you're not too far from the falls. So you can go play at the casino. That's true. But even like Niagara is a nice central place um, for, for a lot of business. Like it's nice only being an hour away from Toronto. It's nice being by the border still just being about two hours away from london like it's a nice little central it, it's place not for bad. some it, it's, people it's still tucked away in the side from a, a lot of the places i feel like every time i want to go see my family like if i got to drive up to bear or some of that well, it's, that's a hike it's a long haul but but so is so is london really yeah still a long drive no nah, but i don't want to live in the middle of ontario like what where are you gonna live like milton or Guelph or Guelph would kind of be the most central Guelph's place. Pretty, yeah, I don't. I don't want to live in Guelph because you'd be about an hour from London. You'd be just a little bit. You'd be around an hour and some to Toronto, if that. I would argue that the roads are pretty much the most efficient in central and western Ontario, but I, I don't know something about living near water. Because I I'd still person I'd go swimming in the in the Great Lakes. I don't mind. I'd, I wouldn't want to live somewhere that was so far away from any recognizable lake. Even Barrie, you got Lake Simcoe, which is a cesspool, but you can go swimming <laughs> there and you go fishing there, whatever you want. I, talking about lakes, I would take this over any 
any Great Lake. Yeah, but you pick the ocean anywhere in Canada, and you're not going to want to swim in it. I know. That's cold. I know, but still. We don't get any good oceanfront, really. If you go to the West Coast, I'm sure there's some people braving it to go surfing or whatever, but damn, that's cold. Nah. You do what you gotta do to do what you want. Canada has to buy some tropical island somewhere. That would, the U.S. has islands, right? Yeah, they do. So, and there was at one point, and again, no fact-checking, Okay. but I know that there was at one point where Canada had expressed interest in doing so. And that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Just to be able to go there, to live there. Because sure. the, the whole hassle, years ago, if you wanted to be like an expatriate, you could just go. You just do it and nowadays even to like leave and go down to the the banana republics and just live there there's so much if you're going to do it right there's so much of a legal hassle to do so and if you're not going to do it right then you run into the issue of legal hassles if you need anything there's got to be some small island nation that's willing to sell their autonomy as a country and just you know, we, we buy them out. It doesn't matter how poor they are. They get into our system. I think can, they get into I, our health care. We will build up the infrastructure for tourism and, heck, maybe to build some of their country while we're at it too, right? I think Canada would do wonders with Cuba. Cuba's <laughs> not going to happen. I was thinking I, something a lot smaller than Cuba. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Cuba's, Cuba's a great, great island, really. I mean... They've always loved Canadians. I think... If you told... They like people who bring money and are nice to them, I guess, so. Mm-hmm. But if you told... They probably like Americans just as much if they could come there, which now they can. Yeah. But they've, they've spent so long enjoying and trying to please Canadians. Like, it was not the last time we went, but the time before that when I went. They, they tried so hard. They had a poutine bar. Just because they knew they were catering to <laughs> yeah. Canadian. That's cool. And you know what? A little bit of a spicy Cuban gravy with with their sad attempt at shredded cheese or cheese curds. It wasn't that bad. If you help them with the cheese curds, I think they could pull off the spices to make something oh, kind of yeah. unique. Yeah. Be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, there there are smaller islands out there that Canada could buy. I don't know how... Aside from tourism, I don't know how economic buying an island is like Tila was saying on the way up that she'd like to buy a town like to to buy an economy I don't think it's an economic choice I think it's more of Canadian tax dollars are going towards crazy things all the time it wouldn't take that much to pull <coughs> even Canadians if you if you had to opt in to say I want to help buy an island that's going to be Canadian like over overruled or whatever you'd be enough people to get in to do it I think that's true like really you could probably convince a quarter of the country, like, hey, put in 20 bucks. <laughs> I don't know. Is there is there any countries that are willing to sell for a couple tens, tens of million dollars? Well, it, it would depend on the country, because it's not like you're, at least I hope it wouldn't be that, oh, we own you now. Get the fuck out. No, no, no. I think, um, I mean, Canada has such a good reputation th- in the... I'm thinking more like... We re, we're going to rename your country to whatever we want, and you don't even your have citizens. to rename it. Just, okay. Republic of Canada? Yeah, so because all the else. natives are going to call it this, what they grew up sure, with anyways. That's fine. But you, you go and you say, we're going to bring this much to the economy. Uh, it's going to be run by Canadians. You can still have a form of government that 
because it, it, it would I be. Don't, I think we need to have our currency there and, well, you'd have and our simplify currency. everything. But then, well, what does our government do? Is it at that point? It's probably just. Well, it would, it would be like a municipal set, yeah. sets of government. Yeah. It would depend on this again. It would depend on the size of the island. Yeah. But I think a lot of the, a lot of the islands would probably be happy with being Canadian. Yeah. If you could be Canadian, but in the tropics, that that would be nice. And then people would stop making fun of our igloos, get a little southern cred. <laughs> you don't. You don't need a big island. That's. I mean, I'd like to know how many Canadians go island hopping or whatever a year like how many people do you have to if, if every Canadian that wants to go on vacation to the tropics suddenly goes to this island what kind of what kind of numbers would we be seeing really I don't know but what what benefit aside from it being so much easier to go would Canadians have on that island if you if you if the you import of our goods and services from across yeah, and you could have your own airline specifically chartered from Canada to whatever. Air Canada would jump on that shit in a oh, second. Yeah, absolutely. Banks, no, like there'd be no uh, need for a an exchange rate. Yep. So dollar for dollar, you'd get the same. I I feel like if we were importing everything Canadian to the island, some goods would be more expensive. Yeah. It, it's also there is the economy side of it. So you do you're diversifying the goods that Canada can offer because now you can appeal to tourists of other countries and you can make money off of that kind of tourism. Because we we make money off of tourism in Canada, but it's not like the tropical island motif. It's 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 a new way of doing things, isn't it? It's true. We have no you, experience with that you really. Could bring the the politeness the politeness of Canada to the the banana republics. Yeah. What would we call it? What would be a good name for a Canadian island? I want to say something with syrup in it, but you probably can't grow maple trees in certain areas. No, but I'm sure, like... Hmm. I don't know. I feel like you would have to stick with a, uh, like a more traditional name. You don't want to alienate the people that live there. No. And there's nothing wrong with... You don't want to do exactly what the states did, and now it's the U.S. Virgin Islands. Like, just let them be, but give them, as the American at the pool said, give them pretty money, and they'll be happy. <laughs> People always love Canadian money. It's it's so much more convenient for not handing the wrong bill to somebody. Oh, it is. Because I digging through my wallet trying to find the right denomination is a pain in the ass in America. When my, in my money belt, the, the money closest to me is the higher bills and the further yeah. away is the tens and fives. So that's kind of how I did it. But even, I mean, I do that even with our money back home, but I, you look in your wallet, you see the red color and you grab it. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's second. It's smart. It's smart. It makes sense. If you're colorblind, I guess it doesn't help much. No. No. Really a shame. That's, we, we were at McDonald's and again, those signs, and I think somebody mentioned it this trip too. But there's signs that say our menu is available in Braille. But the sign isn't in Braille. No. So, so you, you have would... to know that it's available in Braille in order to request it, which negates the need for a sign. Maybe you're, if you're with somebody and you want to be autonomous and read your own menu. I guess that's true. I don't know. Braille would be hard to learn. I don't know. I feel like you would... The human the fingers are extremely sensitive. You could probably make certain details like that out. Maybe. 
Well, the, you, you take the smallest grain of sand and you roll it under your finger, you're going to feel it, right? Yep. So it's just being able to differentiate the distances between certain objects. That was something that my mom never learned. No? No. Guess it's probably not that worthwhile when you have other ways of getting information to you. Well, yeah. You can't watch TV in Braille, so. No. And you don't need you know, to because you have sound. She never watched it with uh, descriptive sound or anything, so no. she, she, it would just become uh, guess what's going badly on? explained audiobooks. She likes soap operas, though, and I think soap operas... Because, well, they tell more than they yeah, do. Yeah, you can kind of tell more than you do. The you set, kind of get know. the idea around it. She also really likes CSI, which would... It, it would be... Yeah, they, they talk a lot in that, too. I mean, there might be some scuffle or something that goes on, but it's not overly yeah. visual. No. Well, it is. The visuals on shows like that are are important. I don't. But the, but the main key of a show like CSI is you want you're trying to they're trying to solve this mystery and you're always thinking like what could it be? Could is it this guy who did it or is it this specific thing that he used or whatever? Which your mind can wander just as much without oh, yeah. any of the visual cues in the show. I don't think the visual cues are critically important for a lot of them. And even if they were for the specific case, the joy is still not knowing what's going on until the end and get the twist. And then Two and a Half Men, she likes sitcoms too, which again, when you look at it, as long as you imagine it, I mean, it's like stand-up comedy, but you can kind of get the, the, the basic idea. So yeah, stuff like that, that was always neat. And then my brother, blind mom, brother with hearing aids, so she'd be, she'd be listening very intensely to the audio, and then we'd have closed captioning for my brother, so it was just... <laughs> I, I'm right at home when closed captioning is on TV or movies because I grew up with it. Tila doesn't let me leave the monitor on. I, she just gets distracted. I love, because sometimes it's just, for me, I grew up with it, so it's easier to read the dialogue, too. I, I can take it or leave it with TV and movies. I love it in video games. Just because there's always something that's, like, quieter in the background or stuff's happening so quickly you might not get the chance to hear exactly what they're saying, but the... the Text always matters. And in games of like Grand Theft Auto, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, I think I did the entire, the entire Grand Theft Auto Five with, uh, with subtitles. Mm -hmm. The other game, Bethesda's pretty good with it too, where you can select it for just specific dialogue, or you can select it for all the in-game conversations. But it's it's nice to have. Have you looked, kept up with any of the VR games that are coming out? I'm thinking Bethesda now, but because um. they've had. VR Skyrim and they have VR Fallout 4 God I it's we're so close to being able to just to disappear into I think you were talking about VR Sims or something like that just which is life. such a stupid idea it and is they still but keep talking man, they'll about do it, it and they'll Although, sell it Tila did mention VR Sims when you're playing with other people so you can kind of run your own virtual house but just fucking move in with them <laughs> I mean, if that's what you want to do, just pull the plug. What if you're across the world? That's true. Yeah. But then, then you're gonna have this uh, this situation where you build yourself, your spouse, who it's a long distance relationship. They build them, and then you just live in this virtual house. Like we're so, like you said, we're so close to just being able to put something on and disappear like the Ready Player One, the Spielberg movie that just came out, which I want to see. I'm all for that if it's a way to... Well, it'd be cool if it enhances your life, but more than that, I'm thinking like an extension of life where you could just sit in the pod, 
sort of immobile and preserved and you could just keep living a, a life in a different way for a lot longer than human lifespan currently is. That'd be neat. Because I feel like that's easier than extending the lifespan directly. Like, uh, there's got to be a stasis mode you can get your body into where it's, it's not really expending energy. You're not likely to have some kind of medical condition arise. That's uh, still related to, like, the Fallout games. In the, in the third game, there's a... I, thing called a Gek, a Garden of Eden creation kit. But basically it's like it's just a bunch of pods that you get suspended in and you they hook up and uh, project whatever image of paradise into your head kind of thing. And you can live there almost indefinitely. Oh. So like this. This this would be it's not this, bad. this would be mine. Maybe a little bit further south but Yeah. It's 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 hot but it's not sweltering like Cuba was last year. I mean, I I like this. This is a good temperature. We're able to go swimming. This is the most approachable temperature that we had the first day. It was cool, then it was hot. This is just a nice, warm day. Yeah. Where you can go into the water. It was pretty I, calm. I like the sweltering heat, though. Like, if it's making me need to be in the water, that's when I like to swim the most. I can spend all day in the ocean at that point. Like, eh. And and I think I think the keys would have been very different too. Like if, for us to go oh, to the yeah. keys, that's still like we got to get in the car and drive like eleven hours just to get down. It's oh, it far. would have been a long drive. Yeah. One day I will get to Key West, and I was I was going to mention this. We kind of mentioned it, and then I googled it because I kept hearing it in books that I've been reading, and there is debate about it. But the whole idea that you can see Cuba from Key West is more or less a sailor's myth. Yeah. A lot of sailors say that on the best of conditions, you can see it. And I I was checking an article that I was reading, and even some of the sources are from books that I've read. So I can see why I thought. I guess it is kind of a, a romantic idea to be able to... See another country? To see another country or to see a country like that. That's so divided from the States, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very different. But years ago, it wasn't. Key it, West, like Key West at one point was a treasure trove of like Cuban um, refugees Cuban refugees and yeah. just Cuban culture and then once it was no longer possible for Cubans to come around the Key, Key West just kind of continued with their with their legacy it, it kind of surprised me when you said that you could you could possibly see it from there just because I mean I've been to Key West but I never thought I was pretty young so like maybe I didn't look across the water to see if there was anything going on <sighs> is there something up with the GoPro yeah. yeah what it's dead uh-huh I was just charged it was you want to hook up uh, a phone or something? Well, just give a second. We will uh, correct this one. Switch to DSLR. Tila 70. Yeah, she left it for me. Oh. I don't know how it's gonna stand upright, but perhaps. Because that thing's that's not gonna sit on that little monopod. No, it won't. Or the um, 
gorilla pod thingy. You can probably sandbag it on top of the bag, I guess. That's what I was thinking. Couldn't have expected a perfect. Nah, at least you have the wide to cut to when you're talking for where, whenever it was dead. Do you think you got caught it as soon as it died? I don't know. I, just, I got a little feeling in the pit of my stomach that I should check it. Yeah. Looks to me like the one over there is good and my GoPro is good. Wind buffering sound is there's a lot of it. Still recording. And it's very weird. Uh... I'll grab focus and set it up for you. Andrew, why did you message me? You know we're away. Hey, Andrew. Had a little bit of a technical issue, but now Jesse's cam is actually going to be quite higher in quality than That's it was okay. before. Because it went from a, a knockoff GoPro to a EOS 7D with a 24 to 70 on it. Maybe a little bit of lens. No, no lens flare. The sun's too much behind it. 105. 105? 24 to 105. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I forgot about that. Nikon does not have a good. 20, they don't really have a 24 to 105. Well, I think this one's a variable aperture, but Sigma's the only competition for uh, Canon's 24 to 105 L lens. I like it. It's, I like mine. Yeah. No, it's the probably the best all-around lens you can get for just general photography, general videography. The continuous aperture, I mean, being the main selling point for videography and the decent zoom range. There's sharper things, but it's pretty tack sharp for most of what you want to do. I only, the only time I've ever really used it professionally is when I had your your 5D Mark II and I did the one wedding, which I was really happy with the results. If, if I had to get any Canon camera just to drop Nikon, I think I'd probably, it'd have to be one of the 5D series, but 5D Mark II is plenty good. 5D Mark II, as we've said before, just revolutionary on the video side at the very least which is, it's such a funny story that they, they didn't even bet on the, the video being a no. selling feature. There was, I mean, there was probably a lot more of a divide. People just had TV cameras and they would have just different ways of shooting video, I guess, at the time. 
a lot of the cheap a lot of cheap cameras were just fine at video too they just didn't have a manual mode for the most part it would usually just be automatic video which you can do quite a bit with depending on what you were using it for it was fine i i dread the day i have nightmares of going back to automatic video on the t3 with the very weird 25 frames per second rule which that, we've talked about yeah that'd be no good at all it wasn't not I think full HD. Camcorders at the time were definitely better for that kind of stuff. Because you get a 1080p camcorder with a nice flip-up little screen, 30 mm -hmm. FPS, and a nice codec for, for video that's not too compressed. It's good stuff. Oh, it was. And it is. It's fun. I, I like doing what we do. We get to we get to dick around with a lot of different stuff. and. I really want to know... How people get such good underwater shots with their GoPros, just because... I was thinking about that. The... It's so it's so silty here on, on the bottom. Like, I haven't been able to swim out more than 100 feet. For, in Cuba, for whatever reason, I just stuck to it, and I went out until I saw something interesting on the bottom. It was still pretty silty. Here, I just can't see anything, so I just get frustrated and turn back after a while. Because you can't see the bottom, but you know it's just sand still. There's nothing interesting to look at, really. If I go almost to the, the big dock that they have, the big pier, looking down from that, you can see so many fish and so many things going on, but you can't swim near it. They don't let you? I don't think, I think I saw something posted. At least you're not allowed to surf near it or anything. Mm. Might have to go to a public access part of the beach and... Swim and over? Swim over. I don't know what they do. I feel like there's a rule against it. Maybe they'll shoot you. Maybe. <laughs> Stay away from the dock, bang. It'll attract... It'll attract unwanted fish. I would love to see sharks. I, I'd Even. kill to see a shark. Mm -hmm. The guy, well, the guy that we were talking about earlier, the older guy, said that people would catch sharks off of that. Ten foot hammerhead. Ten foot, well, that's a one in a million kind of well, sighting. He, he himself said it was a long time ago. Yeah. But, yeah. Even like a good four foot shark, that'd be something to see. That would be. The, the dolphins were kind of interesting the other day, too. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of them that pop up now and again because some some kid on the beach just ran up to teal and i and pointed them out because we look like professional photographers or something with our cameras little ego boost yeah he got, he got a bit annoyed too because i i told the kid i'm like oh like that's so, so cool i'm like I'm, i don't think my camera can shoot like pictures that far and he's like oh i was just trying to tell you to be nice or whatever and i was just like <laughs> i wasn't trying to be rude at all i don't know i'm just telling you the honest truth yeah <laughs> Think of that, I can zoom all the way in on a, a dolphin that's probably like 400 meters away. It was it was far. You can see him popping out of the water. Well, that's because people are used to their 200 times digital zoom with their cameras. The, oh, I was just in the middle of watching a Casey Neistat video where he's going to compare like a $35 zoom that you put on your, your iPhone to a proper DSLR zoom or something. And I didn't get into it, but but the ad for it is so unbelievable. Like it just has somebody sitting there with their camera on the tripod and all this, the, the gear set up. And then they just grab, they rack the, the zoom on this little zoom lens for their, their iPhone and they zoom in on the moon and they get so tight that you literally crops in tight enough that it, you can't see the full moon. It's just like the edge of it. You get see all the craters and everything. It's gotta be a nonsense. That, I, I don't know. You'd think at some point somebody will crack the 
But yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the best we have. We don't have, you know, interchangeable lenses for cameras or for cell phones yet. Red? Red's yeah, got but a that, that's not out yet. It's not. That that would be the first major one, so they, they have to do the the add-ons. It, it doesn't quite make sense. Well, I guess the sensors are small, but here, here's the thing. As soon as you do that and you start being more photo-oriented, people are going to say, well, why don't you give us a bigger sensor? They're going to keep asking for more and more on that front. And by the time you get to like a, a one-inch sensor like a, a Sony RX camera has or whatever, you're looking, you're look, you need a flange focal distance that's big enough that your phone's going to have a huge bump in the back of it now. And it's, it's just going to add, it's, you're going to have a camera. You're going to have a point-and-shoot camera with interchangeable lenses. You can't, you can't win. No. Like the, the zoom of a, a camera... On a phone, well, usually it's like a three millimeter lens or something like that, or some of them, I don't know, I guess some of them would be variable, but that's just a digital zoom. But yeah, like a three millimeter lens. It, it's incredibly wide angle, really, but that's just because it's such a small sensor. I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens in, I mean, as with any type of technology, in upcoming years as far as what the the next the next jump in in kind of consumer phones will be like Apple seems to be betting on kind of like augmented reality and whatnot which is an interesting thing yeah I guess even Microsoft was kind of betting on that too for a while well they they built an entire operating system around their goggles yeah which is a neat idea, even some people. Like, the idea to say, hey, I want to put my TV or my YouTube tab on the wall right there, and the computer will remember, because it has scanned your living space, that that is where your TV is. That's neat. And to me, that's, even, that's, that's more interesting right now than virtual reality. Like, just being able to enhance your life to the point where you can... And now you have a 70-inch YouTube video that you can you can watch. But No, I, I can see that being a lot more userful. It's, it's a thing that instead of sectioning yourself off from the world, you can just integrate into the world as you normally perceive it. It Having a holodeck, though, like a proper VR experience would be amazing. Well, there's a new uh, virtual reality place in St. Catharines. And that's all they do. They offer the high-end virtual reality experiences. It's like a, like a, not a virtual reality escape room, but that's what I would kind of tout it as. You pay to go in the room, and it's all set up. Because even to get an Oculus Rift or something like that, if you want the full experience, you need a, quite a bit of space. Yeah, well, um, I see lots of people with their HTC Vives, and you can get away with maybe like seven square feet around you. It's not the worst. But no, the, the as long as the price point is right, I'd be willing to check out the the virtual reality space in St. Catharines. I just whereabouts is it? I don't. I think it's on Scott Street. Okay. Um, too too far from where you are. No, I just if it's it it all comes down to price because. I haven't really dipped my toes into anything majorly virtual reality outside of the cheap VR glasses that you can get at Walmart and whatnot. I, I, I want to get a pair of the Google Cardboard just because I, I never really demoed it at all. At all. 
but I think I'd, I'd probably get a little bit of amusement well, out of even, it. Well, even the cheap, the cheap ones where you use your phone, like every YouTube app, at least on recent phones, is ready for VR. As long as the video is VR implemented. And what would you do with that though? Like I know I can watch 360 YouTube videos. That's basically it. That's it? Yeah. And it's not that compelling then. No, it's not. But I mean some of some of the the ones that I've seen are neat. You do the stereotypical roller coaster and in the right in the is, right position. Is yeah. there something more interactive like a game though that I could play? And how would I interact like what how would I control it? I don't know. I know there's cheaper and by cheaper, I mean like in the $100 or $150 price range where you do get uh, the goggles and you get a smaller controller. So I'm not exactly sure what type of games you would get, but at least it's, at least they're, they're, they're trying to bring it to the, to the mass consumer. Because huh. it was something that people were excited about. And now, not that it's not exciting, but there's, I mean, most, I, I can't think of the latest new game that has been released as a completely VR experience. There's a, there's a community for it. I watched this one guy and he showed, oh, there's quite a few fighting games and like a zombie, some zombie killing games. Stuff that like that out. or horror themed games. They're like, all like really small developers for the most part, which is why I brought up the ones from Bethesda, just because it's, there's a VR version of the same thing that's already been out, but man, it looks like a different experience. Well, I think... I think the natural progression would be something like the next Grand Theft Auto. Because yeah. when they did GTA Five for Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, it was third person, and then when the Xbox One and PS4 came out, they remastered it in first person and they had to redo basically the entire game so that way all the textures were proper for first person. Mm -hmm. And now that it's first person, it's like, well, you're kind of at the point where you could push it and yeah, it's make kind of it the, a virtual reality experience. The next leap. It, it would be pretty immersive, I would say. Yeah. Just, just call it Murder Simulator or something. You need a 3D treadmill. I know that, like... Yeah. Just so that way you could run around. You'd get a lot of exercise running around Liberty City. P people have come up with creative solutions. I mean, there's the, the, the mats where you just sort of slip in place and then, like, there's a thing that holds you around the waist. And people say it works, but at what point does it become so tiring that you don't bother anymore? And you say, well, I'm going to pull up the controller and I'll well, just. Exactly. It's that Wii situation where, you know what? You can actually bowl or you can sit on your couch and go, mm. yeah, half ass it. Yeah. No, that um, it'd be interesting to see what happens there just because I think video gaming in general needs needs something hmm. I mean of course we're not kids anymore we're not the target audience for a lot of these games so maybe kids are perfectly happy with what they've got now yeah I'm the target audience for some games Far Cry 5 that looks so cool. Oh, it does. I, I saw somebody pitch it as like, this is the best game if you want to, for like a, a hunting game. This is the best hunting well, game. Well, that's, I, I've read articles too where people are like, yeah, you know what? I started playing a mission, got sidetracked. Five hours later, I'm still hunting. I'm like, that sounds. The, the fun. multiplayer aspects of it look hilarious. The, the level building, like yeah. you can build an entire and just share it. The only thing with me, 
So I'm waiting because this year and eventually next year and whatnot will be my year that I have to friggin' upgrade systems if I want to because I've got Far Cry 5. Yeah. And I love the Far Cry. I'm one of the people that joined in at Far Cry 3, even though there's one and two beforehand. But oh, really? Far Cry 3 was great. Far Cry 4 was good. Far Cry 5 looks awesome. Eventually, there's going to be a Grand Theft Auto 6. But I don't know as to what capacity Grand Theft Auto 6 will be because Rockstar has made so much money off of their online side of things that a lot of people are saying that Grand Theft Auto 6 might not even have a single-player story, which is ridiculous. It's strange for Grand Theft Auto, but they got to recruit more people from like the modding community because there's so many people with cool ideas and, and things like that. And the story arc of the, like, I, I didn't really play 5. I didn't ha I never had it. But I love the story arc of Grand Theft Auto 4. Yeah, we talked and it about it. And it was revolutionary for its time, I think. Grand Theft Auto, it'd be nice to have one where you could make more decisions. Grand Theft Auto 5, you had to complete a certain amount of missions per person of the three main characters. And then at the end, you got to choose uh, if one of the three characters died if another one of the three characters died or if they all lived I liked playing as all of them because all of them are just are a little bit different yeah. if I'm feeling kind of like a mafia guy I'll play as the Italian if I'm feeling crazy I'll play as Trevor and whatnot. but no you let them all live but then you think you could you could have a game where you do 100% change the story like what was it? Was it Mass Effect that we were talking about? Where by the third one, if you were making choices all the way through, the game's entirely different? We are talking about that yeah, a few weeks yeah. ago. We were. That is interesting. So stuff like that, I think, could, could work very well into games like that. But then I have also my little... When I was younger, I used to play a game called Jurassic Park Operation Genesis. And it was like Zoo Tycoon, but... You got to run a Dinosaurs. Jurassic Park. Yeah. And your spiritual successor, well, Jurassic World Evolution, which looks like a zoo tycoon, but you get to run a Jurassic World. It's coming out this summer. Oh, that's, that'll be cool. And they're saying, minus the fact they don't have feathers, if you want to see a game that has real dinosaurs, this this they spend a lot of time. Who, why aren't people bridging that gap? Like, nobody's putting feathers on dinosaurs. Dra the, the mentality... I can't speak for any other licensed dinosaur experience, but the the science in the Jurassic World universe or Jurassic Park universe, they simply say when we when we created the world, we thought that dinosaurs didn't have feathers. Now we know that they most likely did, but in the world that we have created, it, it, we were supposed to have made real dinosaurs back in 1992. And then at some point the story switched where because they were still not quite getting 100% dinosaur DNA and they were filling in the gaps of the DNA with Frogs. other amphibians, yeah. that's why the feathers weren't, weren't around. And then in the fourth movie, uh, the, the geneticist says, you know what, you didn't ask for dinosaurs, you asked for monsters. None, nothing in Jurassic Park is natural. It's kind of a unique way to explain it. And I get it. You, you, build, a, you build an entire franchise around the look of, say, a, 
a Tyrannosaurus, and then you, you'd be hesitant to, to change the way it looks. Especially since in the, in the new movies, the dinosaurs, at least the T-Rex and whatnot, are, is the T-Rex from the previous movies, so you can't, you can't, I guess you could give them feathers, but I don't know. They tried to give the raptors feathers in the third one just by adding a little feathery frill on the top of their head. Mm-hmm. The raptors were the... I, they're still my favorite from the Jurassic raptors Park series. Raptors are so friggin' cool. Yeah. Even though that they're not... They're, they are biologically the most misrepresented dinosaur in the series. Yeah. Um, at least they're based on some truth. It's a Utah raptor, not a velociraptor. But those would be cool. I think I was watching a, a Vice documentary on trying to bring back the mammoth. And that's neat. It's been a hot topic for a long, long well, I time. I know it has, but I didn't realize, like, it opens in Japan and they're showing how now, and I know you've been able to do this for a while, but now you're able to pay, like, $100,000 to have your pet dog cloned and you'll get, you'll get your puppy again. So they 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 ha they do have like designer cloning now, that is, again for hundred thousand dollars commercially available. Now this type of cloning, I don't know, is it the same type of cloning that you did back in the day? I guess with like Dolly the sheep, where it's you have you run into the issue essentially where you could clone the animal, but there's certain there's issues with telomere caps and certain things that limit the reproducibility of the animal. So essentially, it has a very short lifespan. That I don't know. They didn't, no. they didn't get into it in the documentary. I would hope that they they um, have figured out a way around that. I don't. I mean, dogs. I'm dogs not. I, th lives I feel like it'd short. be. Uh, they'd be short anyways. Yeah, but I feel like it'd be. So they have. What do they have? They keep their dog and they have a puppy of it at the same time. Like, what's the point? Well, that's that's the other thing. You'd. You descent. It'd be it'd be a weird situation where if the dog isn't that old, you'd end up with a dog raising itself as a puppy. Yeah, and you know what? Their lifespan will be about the same, just because of the same issue. That'd be it. Telomere cap. So, if you're let's say your dog's five years old, its average lifespan is ten years. You clone it at five years old. By the time that dog's 10 and dying, the other one's probably going to be dying at the same at five years old now due to the, the limitations of telomere caps and the, the reproducibility of cells because the cells will senesce much quicker than they otherwise would. I don't see any way of getting around that. Like That's the kind of thing where it's almost immortality at that point. It, it's one of the reasons that we don't do much cloning experiments just because it's ineffectual the way that we could, could do it now. Well, they... They were talking about how now it's it's to the point where all the politicians are saying that they won't ever utilize it in human human use. But it's not even that weird if you think of it. Like, if you could get around that senescence issue, it's like having a twin. Oh, yeah. That's about it. <coughs> it's, it's arbitrary. It, it, it hinges upon the idea that humans have souls and there's a unique you out there, but... It's just a genetic code brought up in a specific environment. At the end of the day, it'd be no different than having a child. They, again, the, the Vice documentary said that, like, at some point, the 
the ultimate goal for humanity would be to grow a a younger version of you and then you just transplant your brain that would be good i'd be up for that what about the younger version of me though i guess he's kind of fucked right well (laughs) you you breed them specifically for that that's like the the island or whatever the lottery system thing or the if you if you were 70 and they said okay we're gonna make we're going to we're gonna start the process uh he's gonna grow and by the time you're 85 you know we're gonna have a 15 year old version of you yeah i wonder if a 15 year old would see it as a greater good be like hey listen no i've lived your life now i want you to die so my brain can go into you, and together we can live life again. Yeah, that's a really gruesome way of solving a problem. I don't know. I, the, the other thing you do is you you breed them. <laughs> you breed them that they're. We're talking about humans, but you breed them in hopes that they are medically. I don't know, in a coma for. 15 years and then once you're ready to go you go be really weird to be 85 and then to go back into a body of a 15 year old that'd be fantastic now what there's issues of course of brain degradation that you still have to worry about so because inevitably if anybody could live long enough they would eventually have some kind of neurological degeneration of some kind so it's kind of you have to solve those problems too which if you could solve those problems you could probably solve other aging issues in the body yeah does I, there's some way we're gonna figure out how to do it first, and that's probably just gonna be the way we're gonna stick with for a long time before inventing a new way of trying to live forever. Well, the Vice documentary talking about the mammoths said that one of the major reasons for mammoth cloning, or the major interest in mammoth clothing, cloning, is because the the use of elephant tusks for ivory is now like gargantuan gargantuan in the illegal space so they are now digging up mammoth tusk to to you that i feel like that would be worth a lot of money they sell them for a pretty penny yeah but all these all these hunters are giving up good mammoth bodies to science because they are totally gung-ho to bring back the mammoth so it's it's a very kind of sad way of thinking like you want to bring back this animal just so you can have its tusks, its tusks. but i, I don't know why we haven't came, come up with an artificial way of making ivory yet i don't know either i don't know what the composition is you think just like hair and nails it's, it's some kind of keratin or some kind of protein in ivory i'd would. Like you could some kind of chain polymer like you know polymer chain reaction you could probably make something similar would artificially created ivory get as much of a people still buy artificially created diamonds like idiots so that's true yeah <laughs> i don't like the diamond industry but well the diamond industry is horrible yeah even the like they they say that the diamond industry is taking a hit from from the millennial generation because a they will not buy into the you have to save up six months of your your salary to buy a diamond ring which we know is bullshit it's probably, just a marketing campaign sure and plus millennials probably don't have that much money to begin with well exactly but 
it, it's one of those things that they are nice to have, but they are just so the the cost of getting a a good brand new diamond is so expensive when it really shouldn't be. Well, that's the thing. There's several issues with this. One, there's the ethical issues like yes. blood diamonds and stuff that's always been there. But but two, it's such an artificially inflated industry to begin with because you can you could just mine diamonds and, and create tools out of diamonds or whatever you want to just keep driving up the price, make it ridiculous. And it, it really, there's no point at the end of the day of spending so much money on a diamond. I don't know. It, it seems ridiculous to me. Would you, or when you, uh, when you do what you're gonna do with Teal, are you gonna buy brand new? Have you got you a gonna diamond? Get it? Are you gonna? I don't know. You I have know. no idea. Honestly, I feel. I feel like a lot of women are in the state of mind. If you know them well enough, that you could probably do something else. Like some a woman might want to say, you know, let's. I want. I want to get married. Let's go on vacation for a month somewhere or something, rather than buying a ring. But but then again, you might want some kind of object to at least show off and talk about stuff. So I can understand that side of it, but. Does it have to be a diamond? I, I don't know. The, the diamond industry, when you look at it, the, the, the horrible thing, and it's great as well, is how much a brand new diamond costs versus buying secondhand. You can probably get a beautiful, like, $10,000, just unbelievably beautiful, Sec, like uh, secondhand diamond for a quarter or less of the price because yep. there's no value in secondhand. No. And if the if the goal of proposing with a diamond ring is that the woman has it for her life, she shouldn't be worrying about the resale value. The resale value, anyways, with a new diamond, just won't be there. Yeah. So, why buy brand new? When no, you can, when you I can agree. Get re like, now, where do you go use diamond shopping other than like local classifieds or something? Well, there was at one point a used jewelry store in St. Catharines. But then there's markup. So, what do you do about that? I, I guess it might still be cheaper, but well, I'm sure it's if you're gonna cut out the the middleman and just buy it from people who have owned it, save the money. There is that uh, diamond website with the with the amazing amazing commercials that we've watched where they were going diamond shopping and then the woman pops up and was like, you don't need to do that. You can buy them online. <laughs> Which even then, there would have to be a certain amount of markup, but I think, I don't know. I, I, I can be 100% honest. The, the only time I ever seriously looked, uh, I shouldn't have ever really been looking because um, it was with, uh, with Jessica and yeah i i wake up every morning and thank god you didn't spend that, that money I on didn't ring? ask that question yeah oh yeah um because <laughs> that would have been horrible life's too short to get into a legally binding contract with the wrong person oh yeah <laughs> it's it's insane like you we we've touched on it occasionally but it is absolutely crazy how short life is and how how um, I mean how quick it goes and then there's 
there's moments like this where you, you, you get to kind of kick back and and do some thinking over the past week I've thought about a lot of things like what um I wish like part of me still really 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 would like to just say fuck it and live down here friggin buy a resort like I've been on those websites before and yes it's a lot of money what kind of numbers are we talking? You can buy a small... Like, it, it all depends on how much money you want to make or what type of resort you want to to maintain. If you want a small, like, 10-person, even a... Like, even running a hotel like the one that we're in on that side. Prob just, probably, like, 300 occupants, 200 occupants, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then in Dominican, you're looking anywhere from... Not much. Yes, it's in American dollars, but seven hundred thousand to a million for a small—that's like a mortgage on a really nice house. Yeah, but it's not—it's not impossible. No, not even from a from a business perspective, especially not if you have multiple people going in on that. There's a there's a book, and I've read it many times. Uh, it's called "Don't Stop the Carnival." It's by a. Uh, semi-popular writer called Herman Walk and the, the, the book is about a guy named Norman Paperman who was a uh, Broadway socialite and one day he has a heart attack faces a midlife crisis decides he's going to go down to the Banana Republic and buy a resort so he goes down to the, the fake tropical island of Kingja which I mean, the, the, the mythos behind the island make it seem like it's fairly real. And the book is his, his misadventures in owning this resort. Like, he, he meets up with somebody named Hippolyte, who is a really good handyman, but if you piss him off, he'll kill you. And he pisses him off. His money man fires Hippolyte for not doing something right, so the... The, uh, the money man ends up getting a mark on his head for Hippolyte to be coming with his machete. So it's, it's very much a, a I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say slapstick, but it is very funny. But it deals with a lot of things that I feel like when it was written, he would have to deal with more. But they, they have a water well that ruptures yeah. and whatnot. And I don't know if the logistics would be the hardest part these days because the technology you would have to make an island self-sustaining. Oh yeah, is much better. It's just every time, and I feel, I feel like I'm not special in that way. But every time I go down south, it feels like. I mean, maybe my problem is I should stop reading or listening to Jimmy Buffett. Then it would might just the the, the mentality might disappear, but. He's a marketing man. Maybe he's just marketing the dream to be more than what it actually is. But I, I don't know. The, the biggest question is... I follow is, the owner of this hotel on Instagram. Yeah? I looked her up. Yeah? And I don't think he's miss... Like, he For, is yeah. improperly selling that dream. Yeah. Well, if you can turn it into even just a sustainable business, not something that's crazy profitable, you're already living the lifestyle because you're where you want to be yeah. with the people you want to be with kind of 
it's kind of all you need, really. Just getting by running your own resort is better than making the American dream on the mainland, I think. Oh, Jesus, it would be. Yeah. I mean, there would be issues. I'm sure hurricane season isn't pretty. But you could you could definitely structure buildings and things like that to be much more hurricane-proof than well, most, otherwise. Well, most of the old-school buildings, like the ones in Cuba, they are meant to withstand hurricanes because yep. that's, that's part of their, their job. Their stuff's pretty tough. I mean, there's a lot of poorer countries that just get decimated when there's yep. a, a hurricane, but that's because of the structures of the buildings and the way that things are laid out things aren't going to drain properly there's lots of issues there if you pick the right island you have high ground and you you structure all your buildings to withstand the types of hurricanes that you get and even a step above that yeah you could you could make a place that's going to be fine regardless of the whatever the season throws at it but like just uh i i like the idea of something more structured than than this hotel more like a resort, so you have a bar that's actually operating. And Always, you get, yeah. You get a fun little bartender who, you know, knows how to actually make drinks and speak proper English. <laughs> well, but you might have tourists from other places. You're going to need mul multiple You'll need languages. Bilingual, but yeah, I mean, English, Spanish, French at least. But if you if you market, it would it would be a it would be a good marketing campaign to be like you know what this is the resort for Canadians. Yeah, we could be that resort. Yeah. So no, every every so often I I think about it, and it doesn't help that right now one of the books I'm writing, he's <laughs> the main character is knee deep mixed up with a a Jamaican mob, and he has a hotel down there that is used as a money laundering front. Very very different from the family friendly Christmas story that yeah. I'm writing. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, no, it, it just, it, it, it seems like something that's always been on my mind, and if I don't do it now, I will end up facing a heart attack in 10 years, and then I'll end up in the midlife crisis, and then that's what I'll do. My kids will be like, oh my god, dad's lost it. I'll be like, nope, never had it, so. <laughs> if, if you... If it's the dream that you want to make, I mean, it would make sense just to have figure out what it takes to get started in a business like that. And you, Really what I should do if I'm 100% serious about yeah. it is I should find a resort that I could work at for a while. Learn all the tips, dip, all the tricks. Like dip my toes into the actual... That's a problem that in Canada we don't really have something that's similar. Well, I know. I'd have to go on a work term. Yeah. I, I feel like working in a on a tropical island would be easier than getting a work visa for the states. I don't know. Not in Cuba. <laughs> Not in Cuba. But maybe, maybe somewhere. Maybe the D Dominican. I'm thinking Jamaica or something like that. Yeah. That being said, most of the resorts there would be American-owned. Yeah. At this point. But, no, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I can guarantee you that for the next three weeks after we return, I'm going to be Googling it a lot more like I did last year. Yeah. And then the dream fades away for a bit. You just go on vacation every year and then you get the hype for it. Well, that's just it. You, you wonder if it is just a, a pipe dream, sitting, thinking, I could do this, but then you do follow the owner. Like, I'm following the owner of the hotel but it's not like it's a hotel's instagram it's her private instagram i just deduced from searching 
Palmetto Inn and Suites and then realizing that she is like the second generation of this family-owned hotel because she's made posts about that. I'm like, okay, so she's an owner. And she'll, she'll post things from the hotel. She'll post things around. She's got two kids. I think it's a little weird that I know that, but... If she posts it publicly, then... Well, I know. It's not unreasonable. So, she makes it seem like it's, it's a worthwhile experience. You notice, actually, on the front door, it says no pets allowed in the hotel, but underneath it says, except for the owner's little dog. That's so funny. There, there is, a, there is a, family, a family aspect to this hotel. <laughs> well, I wonder what suite the owner has. Is it the one in the top in the middle? I, don't, I can't tell by her Instagram if she lives here. Well, you think she'd have a room on access? You would think so. But you would also think that if that top one, and I realize nobody can see this, big, might be big, able to. That's, that's the penthouse. I think that's the penthouse, she doesn't live there because she's selling that yeah, for no, 3000 bucks oh, a yeah. week. I almost wanted to zoom right in on that with the camera, but <laughs> it'll ruin the shot. Um, it, it, it's funny because you could see, just from where we're looking at, you could see the, the middle of the hotel, there's the biggest rooms, and there's... For perspective, the every other room only has one. It has a window and a door to get to the balcony. These ones have, what, three windows and a, a big sliding glass door. I wonder if I can uh, Google. So, but, the, but the penthouse has double that, so it's a gigantic window. Two windows on the side of that, another two windows further back of the balcony, and two doors to access the balcony. It is massive. In and suites. You're gonna look up the the penthouse for this. Yeah, just see, unit? see if it fits. You think? I, I bet the square footage on that's like probably two thousand if it goes all the way to the the hallway. That's huge. Maybe well, it is a single floor, so maybe less. But it'd be cool if they had a little um, something to do something on the roof, like a little balcony up there, like a flat top roof. Yeah. Some of the some of the hotels have flat roofs. Because down here you don't need a definitely be, slope for snow or something anyways. We'll be long gone by the time this ever airs. It'll definitely be interesting trying to get to that pool this evening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to try to sneak into the neighbor's pool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, for rates and availability, please click on book now. Well, I'm already here. I don't want to book. It's, no pets. It's no the exception. website specifically for the pump. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. We want beachside. Yeah, I want beachside. Well, that's where we're, we are, right? Yep. I've Standard queen, queen efficiency with full kitchen. Queen efficiency. Queen deluxe queen suite. Yeah. Uh, regular queen suite. Third. Standard king or king efficiency. I think there's effic efficiency is probably without a kitchen. No, with full kitchen. Okay. View 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 floor plan. Yeah. No, that is definitely not. It's maybe that's something is special. Because because it's not available. Well, this, There's nothing like a, I don't know, luxury king experience. This floor plan, you know what? Let's try something different. This floor plan of the one-room king efficiency, which we will show on the screen now. Thanks for editing that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as you can see, it might actually work out to be like the, 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 width, the ones that aren't centered. The width, of, well, where's the balcony, though? The balcony is up there. So it's all, it's any one of the ones on the left or right-hand side. Okay. Because the way the balcony goes. Sure. But you would think, unless the standard king, you know, standard king is just smaller. But the queen suite, 
You're calling it a suite. Right. Why is it a suite? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. What do you see? Switching it now. Those are the half oh, ones. Oh, wow. Right? That's so big. all those are the queen suites. That's it's like we're planning a heist or something. Two beds, two TVs. Yeah. A kitchen with a nice table in it, a big living room area. So I wonder if the... Wow. The regular queen suite. Nope. You know what? It might be theirs. Yeah, because it's not listed on the website. But that seems. I don't know. Weird. Living if, in a hotel would be weird. I don't. It's not like a permanent residence. I I wouldn't imagine. You know, we'll we'll do research on that one later. Cause I am curious. Yeah. I think it's probably time for us to go try to break into the neighboring hotel's pool and, and go for a swim there. That is true. Um, Sun's going down. It's kind of the picture-perfect time to do that. All non-family guests must be 25 years or older to check in. Ooh. I think I want to film an outro this week. I think I want to run along the beach with my GoPro. I think that's a good idea. You can do that. Yeah. And I'll just stand here and possibly talk us out yeah talk us out okay i am off okay well this has been a absolutely amazing experience to be able to to uh broadcast in the crummy hotel room in nashville but also to be able to broadcast in this absolutely amazing view of panama city Beach, Florida. Uh, Panama City Beach, I would recommend it entirely. It is really funny what type of amenities that they don't consider to be mandatory. Uh, they don't give us shampoo, which is different. They didn't give us soap to start. They give us dishes, but no dish soap, even though we didn't ask for a room with a kitchen. Um, but yeah, uh, beautiful place. I think I will be back. I don't think that it's going to make it into my song lines or book lines like uh, like any of the Caribbean places have. But it is definitely, definitely a great place to stay. So have a good one, everybody. I'm Jesse, signing off. And Eric, signing off too. Have a good one, everybody. See you next week in the dull, boring Niagara Falls. Not that bad. Hey, no, it's fine. Bye. Bye-bye.